Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. Well, good day and welcome to In Awe by Bruce. And today we have Rod Laughlin on the phone again, author of the Readable Bible and the Anointed, who we just talked to a couple weeks ago. And this is an exciting program that Rod came up with that we're actually working on. He invited me in to help him with this. And I think it's very powerful. And so I'm going to let him tell you the story, but it's about Gospel Giving Sunday. Just remember that name, Gospel Giving Sunday. So, Rod, welcome back to In Awe by Bruce. Well, it's fun to be back with you, Bruce. I I am so appreciative to the Lord for putting us together and uh, working together on Gospel Giving Sunday. So let's, let's tell your listeners what this thing is about. The Lord laid it on my heart a couple years ago to get Scripture into the hands of lost people because I became a Christian in my living room at 10 o'clock one night. I don't even know what day of the week it was. It was a weekday, and I had this New Testament, and I, had, I opened it up, and I read this Scripture. It said, you have been saved by grace through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. And so I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, I've never heard this before. I've always thought I had to work to get to heaven. This says it's a gift. I accept that gift. I had read that Jesus had died for my sins. So I said, Lord, I'm just going to believe that's paid the price. And I fell in love with Jesus And when I got saved because it's like if you're drowning in, in, in a lake and you throw your hand up and you can't even break the surface of the water, somebody comes along in a boat, grabs your hands and pulls you out. And, and saves you. And uh, you're going to fall in love with that person and do what you can for that person. So Jesus, I realized, had actually paid the price for my sin, was offering me this free gift, and I accepted it and fell in love with Jesus. So now I like to get the scripture in the hands of people because people can get saved without us running through the four spiritual laws or any gospel presentation, just reading the scripture. Millions of people have been saved just reading the scripture. So the Lord laid it on my heart to get the gospel of John in the hands of people. And I started a program with Bot Radio Network, where we ran public service announcements, inviting their listeners to give the gospel of John to people and set up a website, gospelchallenge.org, where people could buy gospels of John to give away. But you know what? 105 stations, the audience for 105 stations offering this gospel of John at almost at cost. And yet we only had about 20 people or 30 people actually buy gospels of John to give away. So I thought there's got to be a better way. And the Lord laid it on my heart to talk to pastors about giving a copy of the gospel of John to every member of the church in a worship service and then teaching them how to give it away. And the the original program with Bot Radio Network was to do it in the weeks leading up to Easter. So we stayed with that. So we now have this program we call Gospel Giving Sunday. And our hope for each one of your listeners is that they'll take this program to their pastor and say, hey, pastor, let's do this. Here's what we do. On Gospel Giving Sunday, that is the Sunday before Palm Sunday, two weeks before Easter. When people walk into the worship service, they're handed a gift edition of the Gospel of John. It's a beautiful six-inch by nine-inch paperback 
Gospel of John that's structured for lost people to keep their attention. It has no verse numbers. The introduction is not scholarly. It's friendship. It says, hey, there was a fisherman named John, and he ran into this guy, Jesus, and he followed him around for three years, and here's the story he wrote about what happened. And a friend has given you this because it's made a difference in his life, and he's hoping it will make a difference in your life. And then the, the gospel itself has no verse numbers, reads just like any other story. And at the end, there's an invitation to receive Christ. So everybody that walks into worship service on Gospel Giving Sunday, that is the Sunday before Palm Sunday, is given a copy of this. And then during the worship service, the pastor teaches everybody how to give it away. He invites somebody up onto the platform with him, and he says, and let's say I'm inviting you up, okay, Bruce? Mm -hmm. So I invite you up to the platform and say, Bruce, you're my lost neighbor, you're my lost relative, you're my lost business associate, and I'm going to give you this gospel of John. So here's how we do it. Bruce, Easter's almost here. I got you this gift edition of the gospel of John. It tells the whole story, and I hand it to you. And now people have given away, I guess now we're over 10,000 copies of the gospel of John. That way, you simply say to somebody, Easter's almost here. I got you this gift edition of the Gospel of John. It tells the whole story. So the pastor hands it to the person he's invited up on the platform, and then he says to that person, I want you to give it back to me, and I want you to say those same three sentences. Rod, Easter's almost here. I got you this gift edition of the Gospel of John. It tells the whole story. Then the pastor turns, your pastor, every, everybody who's listening here, go to your pastor and tell him this. Then he turns to everybody that's there that day and says, hold up your gospel of John. Everybody's been handed one when they came in. The ushers are prepared to hand one to anybody who somehow got in without getting one. So everybody holds up their gospel of John, and the pastor says, everybody get a partner, pair off. Waits 10 seconds. He says, okay, I want you to give your gospel of John to your partner using these same three sentences. Easter's almost here. I got you this gift edition of the Gospel of John. It tells the whole story. So everybody hands their Gospel of John to the other person, and then the other person hands it back and does the same thing. Now, from the moment I invited you onto the platform, Bruce, to when the congregation finishes giving it back and forth, takes 120 seconds. In two minutes, the pastor has equipped every member of the congregation to give away a gospel of John by handing them one so they're equipped. He's demonstrated how to do it, and everybody has practiced doing it. Every pastor looks out at his congregation. He thinks, gee, only 5 or 10%, 20 at the most of these people will ever give away a scripture portion or give any kind of witness. And in two minutes on Gospel Giving Sunday, he equips 100% of the congregation to give it away. And he mm. says to them, we've given you this Gospel of John to give away between now and Easter. And 80 or 90% of the people in that congregation will actually do it. So if you've got 100 people standing in front of you, you're going to get 90 pieces of Scripture into the hands of people in the two weeks people are most aware of Christ, the two weeks leading up to Easter. And that's fabulous. What what a great idea God gave you, Rod. And Maybe you can give the people listening maybe uh, one or two examples of feedback that you've heard 
from somebody handing it and the results. We have a, a man who uh, handed one to a, a waiter at a restaurant. I believe it was in North Carolina or South Carolina. And this was in the very beginning. He put his name, when you open it up on the title page, he put his name and his phone number. And he said, I've got this gift edition of the Gospel of John I want to give you. It tells the whole story about Jesus and what had made a difference in my life, and maybe it will for you. So this waiter took it. And two weeks later, he calls the man up and he says, I read that Gospel of John. I accepted the invitation in the back of it, and I just got baptized in a Baptist church this Sunday. <laughs> I mean, great. who would believe it? I know. Because the problem we have as Christians is that we're thinking it's embarrassing or we feel we're a failure if we try and lead someone to Christ and they don't accept Christ, or if we say something spiritual and we get rejected. Look, the, the scripture is very clear that nobody comes to Christ unless God is drawing them, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. So it's not our responsibility. It's God's, how do we say it, sovereignty. In his sovereignty, he knows who he's calling, but we never know who he's calling. I, I have personally led a bunch of people to Christ. My wife doesn't like that expression. She, she keeps telling me, don't say that. And I say, why? She says, you don't lead anybody to Christ. God draws them. He may use you, but you didn't lead them. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But she has a real good view of the sovereignty of God. Mm -hmm. He is drawing people to him. Now, when we look out on a group of people, it's maybe just think of the people sitting in a restaurant or the people in a congregation in a worship service or the people at a celebration of life, a memorial service, a funeral. We don't have any idea who it is that God's leading to them. I got saved on a weekday night. There is not a single person on the face of the earth who knew that I was going to get saved that night. Mm -hmm. Right. Nobody knew. I have a neighbor. I have this wonderful neighbor, David Elcock, good friends in the Lord. And David was an atheist 10, 15 years ago. As he says, he was proud in his atheism. I wouldn't have dared share the gospel with David. Yeah. But, but his wife signed him up for a class where Christ was presented, and God somehow was drawing him that week. And he accepted Christ, and now he's one of the most vibrant Christians I know. Nobody thought David Elcock was going to get saved. Mm -hmm. So we don't know, and we are not responsible. But what God has said is that you are, he didn't say please be, it's a statement. You are my witnesses, right? Yeah, correct. That's a statement. <clears throat> it is correct. Whether, whether you want to be or not, you are God's witness. Now let's think about it. Let's go to the courtroom, okay? I call you as a witness. A witness to what? Well, let's let's just say it, it's a witness to a crime. You saw somebody rob somebody. And um, I call you as a witness. And I say to you, Bruce, did you see X rob Y? And you say, yes, I did. I say, thank you. You're dismissed. That's all you're responsible for is to say, hey, I saw this happen, right? Right. You know, That's other, what a witness is. Rod, we, we take over the role of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right. What's that role? everything to convince this person to come to the Lord. 
Right. And I'm supposed to have all these uh, apologetics theories down and uh, theories of whether God exists or not. No, God draws people to him and we can't lead anybody to Christ that yeah. God is not drawing to him. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If I throw a rope around you and, and it's cinched tight and I'm Samson and I'm pulling you to me, you're not going to be able to get away from me. Is that right? Well, you haven't seen my arms, but yes. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's say God's thrown a rope around you and he's pulling you. Yeah. Where are you going to go and end up? Yeah, I'm going to end up with him. You are. So if God is drawing somebody, he has asked us to be a witness because he wants that person to understand he's in for something wonderful. There's something wonderful that can happen to his life. Yeah. And our testimony might simply be, hey, God has done something wonderful in my life, and I just hope you find him and you have the same thing. There's just so many ways to witness, but the simplest way to witness is simply to say to somebody, it's almost Easter, I got you this gift edition of the Gospel of John. It tells the whole story. What you have said is that you believe in this, mm. and you've handed him something that God says is adequate. He says his word won't return void, right? Right. So we just want everybody who's listening to and first go to gospelgivingsunday.com and watch the four-minute video there. Read some of the stuff on the website. Uh, maybe you want to download a, the PDF of the gift edition of the Gospel of John. You can see the front cover, the back cover, and what it looks like. Maybe prepare yourself, maybe not. Maybe you just go to your pastor and say, I heard about this great thing. You can have everybody in our church share the Gospel of John on Gospel Giving Sunday. Go look at Gospel Giving Sunday. Get your pastor mm -hmm. just to go look. Rod, maybe explain to him the, the cost, how inexpensive it is for the Gospels, because I think that's significant. Somebody could be thinking, that's ah, going to cost a lot of money. I don't want to bring it up, but it's really the exact opposite. Right. This is a program of the Gospel Challenge Foundation. We are a foundation. We have a little bit of support from some people. Everybody who works for the foundation is a volunteer. Nobody gets paid anything. We keep our costs at an absolute minimum. We sell these Gospels of John in boxes of 100 for $150 and in packs of 10 for $15 plus shipping. So if you're in a church of 10, 20, 30, or 50 people, you can order three, four, five packs of 10 for $15 a piece at gospelgivingsunday.com. You can order boxes of 100. You can order it any way that works for you, the amount that works for you, and it's, it's very reasonable. Yeah, so you figure it's a dollar fifty for each copy is what it comes down to. Right, and right. That's pretty amazing. And I'll tell you what, if you're in a church that's just being planted, my wife and I planted a church in New England once. We started with six people. Man, when we had forty people, we thought we were thriving, but we needed a lot of support financially. If you're in a church like that and your pastor wants to do it, uh, there's a phone number at gospelgiving.com, my personal phone number. You can call me and say, look, I don't have 20 bucks, and I'll send them to you for free. Wow. There you go. You got a deal. We just want to get the gospel out. I mean, and it's just a, it's a wonderful thing. You could buy gospels for yourself in packs of 10, and maybe you want to give them out yourself. Another man and I were sitting in a restaurant eight weeks ago. And the waitress was really nice. Her name was Michelle. And I simply said, hey, Michelle, where do you live? 
Well, she's Hispanic. I live in Kansas City. She said, I live in the Argentine. That's a, a part of town, mostly minorities at it. I said, oh, where do you go to church there? And she says, well, I was raised Catholic. I said, oh, well, you know what? If you died today, do you think you'd go to heaven? And she says, I certainly hope so. Well, now that told me that that she believed in God, she believed in heaven, she believed in hell. So I said to her, if I could show you what the Bible says about how you could be sure you go to heaven, would you do what it says? And she said, yes. And I so we set up an appointment. My wife and I went by the next week and visited with her. We took Billy Graham's Peace with God track and just had her read the scriptures and explain as we went through and she prayed a prayer to get saved. So I said, hey, Michelle, the thing to do now is learn more about the Bible. Would you be interested in doing a Bible study? And she said, yes. So uh, Becky and I unfortunately had to leave. We we're coming to Florida for three weeks where we are right now. And uh, so I had my friend who was sitting at the table when I first talked to her go by and see her a few days later with his wife. And now Michelle is doing weekly Bible study. And she said to him, he said, I understand you made you made a decision when Rod and Becky visited with you. And she said, yes, and I feel so much better because I did that. His wife said, how would you like to do a Bible study each week with me? And they're doing a weekly Bible study now. You never know who's going to get saved. Uh, you yeah, just yeah, don't know. Yeah. And, you and know, if you hand people, John, they might get saved just like I did. Exactly. And the the other thing is, I think, it's also a not to get discouraged because we don't know when exactly God may be finding an area in somebody's life that he really draws them more. And so they may remember that even though they don't use it right away, they may remember it and use it later and read it later and go, oh, man, because God took them in a different point to pull them in. Yes, it may well be if God's drawing them that somebody else has been witnessing to them and you're getting the scripture in your hand makes a difference. When yeah. I was a child, there was a woman named Maudie Adams who was our nanny. And when I came home from my first confession in third grade, Maudie said to me, Roddy, you don't have to go confess your sins to that priest. You just have to ask Jesus to save you and he will. And I thought that's stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what could be more stupid? You needed to confess your sins and do the penance the priest said and live a holy life if you're going to go to heaven. You can never know you're going to go to heaven. And, but when I was 28 and someone gave me that little New Testament and I started reading it, and that night at home, I read, for by grace past tense, you have been saved. The thought that came to my mind was, oh, that's what Morty was always telling me, mm -hmm. that you yeah. just have to ask Jesus to save you, and he will. It's a gift. And so I got saved at 28. She shared the gospel with me in her simple way. When I was in third grade, I was 10 years old, and she'd done that a few more times during the, my teen years and youth years, but I never paid any attention. But yeah. when I saw it in the scripture, suddenly I realized it was true. So when you hand somebody the gospel of John, you have no idea what God's been doing to draw them. And see, that's what you're saying is God sometimes uses other people to leave seeds in our life that finally come to fruition at a different point. And some reap, some sow, right? So, yeah. We don't know what's been sowed to who and where, but, but you know, you will feel whole 
when you give someone the gospel of John, if you've never done it before, speaking to your audience now, yes. we need to be what we are. And God said that you are his witness. You have been called to the witness stand. Now, just think, Bruce is up there in the stand, and I'm the uh, prosecuting attorney. And I say, Bruce, did you see X steal this purse from Y? And Bruce says, mm, mm, never answers the question. Bruce is going to go home feeling kind of poor because he was called as a witness and he didn't give his witness. Yeah. And that's what happens to us as Christians. We are witnesses. And if we don't give a witness somehow, we're just not going to feel as good as we're going to feel if we do give a witness. Be what you are and be a witness. But even more so, go to your pastor and help your whole congregation be witnesses. So true. All right. Well, anything else you can think would be important? Uh, maybe review the, the place where everybody goes to get all this information? GospelGivingSunday.com. There's a four-minute video for your pastor to watch, and it demonstrates for him two minutes of that is a segment where we show him exactly what he's to do on Gospel Giving Sunday to teach the congregation. And it's all there. It's very, very simple. So um, go do it now, and praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Well, Rod, you know, most people, as you've pointed out before, uh, look at their pastor to be the one to teach them how to give away their faith. And this is just a great way to do it. So thank you very much. And God bless you. And I hope you'll take a look at that site and pass it to your pastor. Thank you. It's been wonderful to be with you, Bruce. Okay. I just got a phone call from a pastor who wants to participate in Gospel Giving Sunday. And I've got to call him back now. Praise All the right. Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, you take care. We'll see ya. Bye. Bye-bye. Right.